Hey, I'm Dell Shorts. Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Not real gay. Hi, Dell Shorts. Hello, Emerson Collins. I actually have not seen you today, which is so unusual. I know this will be real and authentic, y'all. Before we get to lots of stories, Eurovision, SNL, Ted Cruz and Pansies, North Korea, bashing Baylor, that 60 Minutes terrible segment, the Trixie Motel, Teletubbies, sex crazed cicadas, a woman sits on her husband to death, and more. Woo, well, I'm excited to play some bigots and to talk about a woman who sat on her husband. To death. Like, sounds like one of my characters when an argument went awry. It is definitely a right situation to use the word awry. It has gone awry and then some. Um, hey, everybody, whether you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube or on Periscope, hello, share the broadcast. If you're listening back later to the podcast, we are grateful for you and appreciate it. Oh, Dell Shores, please tell everybody about your shitty weekend. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, some of you may have seen it on Instagram, but yes, I had a little, uh, sh a little shit story. Um, and I did not shit myself. Now, I didn't start now, with that. Wait, I need to say this story is going to prove the title of your last show. Correct. You are literally the shit stirrer now. I was the shit stirrer. Okay. So I'm teaching my actors and I'm hearing, I live in a, okay. I just, just full disclosure. I live in a home that was built in 1927. So, you know, old plumbing and lots of things that go with living here. So I'm hearing gurgling, gurgling. And I'm like, oh shit. So I, I but I, 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 I paused the class, went and checked. And it was just one of those things where I thought, oh, it's whatever, you know, the settling of the, so my daughter and I had planned a shopping spree. We had not gone shopping in a really long time. We were so excited about it. She comes over and she goes into the bathroom and she runs out and she says, Dad, the, the toilet is about to overflow. Y'all, I go in there. Not only is the toilet overflow about to overflow, the bathtub is three quarters full of shit water. Not and, shit water. And it's kind of like boiling and sh oh my God. I, and you know, I, I, I'm not always a hysterical queen, but there's shit water. So I, uh, you know, I dealt with it with my landlord. I'm and, and I said, we're going to go on and go to the mall. And all I could think about while I was driving is, oh my God, what if that shit water comes up more? And I mean, I'm so impressed that you left the house with shit soup cooking in your bathtub. Like I know that was that was probably a mistake. So we are we get to the Beverly Center and we uh, I can't focus. Uh, you know, I love to shop and we go into Uniglow, which I didn't know they had one there. I was so excited. And then the moment we walk in and we separate, I I get the text. The plumber is on its way. I text Rebecca. She's somewhere in this big old store. We come running back. When I walk into the house, water is starting to overflow. Shit not, water. Not the bathtub, the, the toilet. So oh. and I spent the next like 30 minutes. Thank God she was so sweet that she, you know, instead of in lieu of shopping, she helped pail out water to not flood my house until the plumbers got here. So the end of this long ordeal is that they got the, there's roots and all kinds of things. They, they got that clear. And now I have machines all in my house, in my bathroom, uh, drying everything out. And now I'm informed that they're going to have to redo my entire bathroom. So wait, y'all were doing the bucket brigade of the clean water from the toilet, not the shit soup in the bathtub. Yes. That, thank goodness it wasn't, but I did have to take a couple of the shit, uh, out of the bathtub because it was inching up over, and I thought I better be uh, on the on the uh, air on the side of judgment. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure my plants out front because I threw them all in the plants. I'm sure that the fertilizer is just gonna, you know, it's gonna be. I mean, you are going to have the most beautiful flower bed there ever was. But Emerson, here is what I can't get out of my head because I had towels and and rugs down and I had to throw all of them out. They reimbursed me for everything. Then I was informed that it was all the neighbor's shit. All of it. There's Which a one. I don't know. The ones above me, all the ones above me, uh, <laughs> behind me. All I, need you to, 
I need you to go out on that back trail sometimes just be like, I've smelled your shit. Your shit like, stinks. But my 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 hole my <laughs> was was the closest to the main line. And that's why it was using my my bathtub and my anyway, it's it's just a lot. I know y'all are just like, oh my God. Uh -uh. You didn't even tell him what it was full of. Oh, it was <laughs> thank you, Emerson. You're welcome. It was full of tampons. I said, not me. No, I'm not guilty. Uh tampons for a bloody nose. And and those wipes that they always tell you don't throw down your toilet. Do not throw those wipes down there. Uh and uh and a lot of you know it, the roots and the toilet paper and all kinds of stuff. Oh. It, just, it just proves that those tampons are real absorbent. It well, I guess so. But who the fuck throws tampons and flushes them down the commode? That's, That's what not what they called it. The commode. Correct. That's what that tiny trash can is built for. Um, anyway, I, that's my ordeal. Picture of you carrying buckets of shit water out to the flower bed, and I can also let's be honest. I can imagine the sounds. Oh, 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 Rebecca. Oh. Uh, what did the three little bitches do? I locked them in the bathroom. I, I mean, in the, in the bedroom, not the bathroom, the bedroom. I locked them up because I didn't want them to get. Like, you know, shit on their little paws. Run it, walking through shit. I mean, literally slogging through shit. And, you know, and they are becoming celebrities on Instagram. I mean, they got recognized this week in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, Ken asked, is there video of this available? Did you put videos on your Instagram, like, right after it happened? Or I right did not. I, I Ken, I, I did not even think about that this was postable. I don't I, even post my food. So <laughs> I know, but this is good content. I mean, I'm just like this Macbeth soup, like bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, like a video of that shit water. What? I should have, I should have, I should have taken a picture and said, Hey, Emerson, you want to come take a bath? <laughs> You're like, I mean, honestly, you could have sold that to some people as like a fancy ass mud bath. You know, there are people who would have paid it. People will try anything if you tell them it will make them look younger or thinner. I didn't know such, I mean, I, there was a whole company that came out. These two guys came out, they sanitized everything. They said, and I said, I, I'll just wash these towels three or four times. They go, throw them away. It's correct. Right. Yes. Uh-uh, we are not messing with other people's shit. Literally, figuratively, all of the ways. Uh, thank you for sharing. I enjoyed it. I hope the rest of y'all did too, because it just made me giggle. Because really, that's terrifying. I mean, separate from the like gross, whatever. Like if that had got gone over and like been, you know, that's huge. That's I crazy. mean, seriously, it was two inches from two inches. And then I found out the reason it was filling up is because every time the neighbors were using their water, it was coming into my house. Well, there you go. Oh. My was not as interesting. Uh, I spent all a Saturday watching the Eurovision final. Now, you don't watch, do you? I, I don't. Okay. For those of you listening at home who aren't familiar, Eurovision to Cliff Notes, it is sort of European-American idol. Each country submits a musical artist and a brand new song, and they compete. And it's huge, huge internationally. Like, for 50 years, like, Celine Dion competed in the 80s. ABBA is only a thing because they competed on Eurovision. It's this crazy show. And this year, for the first time, uh, you could watch it here in America, Peacock streamed it. So I watched it uh, with Pudlow and Ashley and Blake, and we had a grand old time. But it was a big surprise at the end. I have photos, don't worry. Um, a couple of fun notables. First of all, uh, Nikki Tutorials, who, if you watch Drag Race Holland, she was a guest judge. She's a trans makeup artist from YouTube. She was the first trans judge ever at Eurovision. Iceland doing this like 1970s family album looking nonsense that was hysterical, showed up with the pansexual pride flag. Now, Italy won, and it was this big old rock number that I was not interested in, but I loved the outfits, and it was a big surprise they won the Huge. But when they performed at the end, the lead singer made out with the guitarist and the drummer. And then he showed up at the press conference with a bottle of champagne and his pants like unzipped, un untied basically. And I was suddenly much more supportive of their win. Yeah. Let's look I at that. Know. His hand is full in his pants. 
already a fan, already a fan. <laughs> um, but also you would really love it. You should watch it next year. Cause now that it seems like it's going to be more available uh, because it is, it's like a four hour show. They go live to each of the countries during the results. There's like nonsense. And every time you watch, you cannot tell watching the musical numbers, whether it's 1972, 89, 2003, or 2017, because the range of musical stylings and costumery is bonkers. Is it still streaming on Peacock? Do we know yeah, this? Oh, yeah. I may check it out. I kind of want to see Go watch things. the final. Um, Yes, as Jake said, they used to show it on Logo. Logo showed it once or twice. They didn't do it a bunch of years, uh, but it's now available and we don't pay attention because we're so American focused. Uh, but Peacock, if you want to check it out, at least watch the first two hours to see the numbers. You will not be disappointed. Did you and watch all four hours? Yes, because they do all they do all 26 numbers. That takes like two hours. Then there's like an hour while everyone in Europe can vote. It's a live vote. All of the countries of Europe, 39 countries voting, then wow. sending in the results. So there's performances in between from previous winners and locals. And then the last hour is just tabulating the voting and they go country by country and some like local celebrity or newscaster or former winner uh, speaks on behalf of the country. It's just bonkers and delightful. Well, awesome also. And then, of course, Saturday night, Lil Nas X did his big premiere of Come Up By Your Name and his brand new song on SNL. And you watched, yes? Oh, yes. Okay. First of all, it was great. He was great. The whole episode was great. Um, but so he gets up and performs full on like the video. He is in this hot lace-up leather, no waistband pants, this like cropped sleeved jacket. They are full on licking him, y'all. It was so queer, it was so gay, it was so overtly sexual, it was wonderful. But then he got ready to do the pole dance that I have seen on Instagram that he has been practicing a whole bunch. And he did one drop it like it's hot to the floor and clearly split the crotch of his pants, just blew out the taint because he popped back up and you could see him holding his crotch and see it on his face that he knew what happened. And he did the rest of the number holding his hands to keep it from being a whole other kind of late night show. You know, and here's why it was interesting to me because Twitter was going crazy that that it was intentional and they're always like, but here, nobody's that good of an actor, I don't think. And also, uh -huh. if you really look at it, the choreographer, uh, the choreography included that hand and the guy was trying to get his hand and he was like, almost like elbowing uh -huh. him. Like, no, I have no underwear on. That was uh -huh. the stuff, yeah. Well, because those pants, I was like, those low riding, no waisted pants, he had nothing. He was so close to being Lenny Kravitz. Yes. You've seen that photo of Lenny Kravitz in the leather pants at some festival and he kneels and he's like on his knees and his legs are split and it's just dick to the wind. I have not seen that. I'll You're have welcome. To I'm sure the interwebs can support it. I bet I'll Google it after this. But I also love, he went straight to the internet and was like, oh no. And I love the like, the performance was so hot. The second number was great. Um, and then he was like, yeah, that's what happened. I split my pants for all the efforts. And he looked beautiful. He just looked yep. beautiful and happy. And I just love him. I just love yep. him. It was um, great. Um, and I, but now I want him to do the pole dance somewhere else just so we can get to see it. Absolutely. And then we had that great It's Pride Again parody, which was so much fun. Yes, with all, I love that there's enough openly LGBTQ castmates with Punky and Bowen and of course Kate McKinnon and the host Anya Taylor-Joy with this like pride's gonna be nonsense summer of slutty number. Lil Nas X walked into that number and said the phrase, post whole on close friends, post whole on Maine, post whole for the countries where you can't be gay. I mean, he talked about putting your butthole on your close friends, on your Instagram, on the main page. This is the pride we love. Yes. Yeah. I loved I, it. Unabashedly, just in your face and, you know. And also, because it's coming. This summer of like, this bloody summer is off with a bang. That was, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, da, 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 is it Punky? Is that his name? Uh, or Bowen is... That Bowen is the, the Asian actor that he's yeah. so hysterical the way he was yeah. just crying over <laughs> the lesbians. It was all good. Y'all watch it. You can go on uh, 
on um, YouTube and just just put Pride uh, yeah. Pride again SNL and you'll see it. It's it's fantastic. Uh, All right. right. Well, we'll get on to some of the real LGBTQ news and starting off with nonsense. Yes, starting off with some bigotry. Uh, Anti-LGBTQ televangelist and right-wing pastor Andrew Awamek, uh, there he is, there's that old bigot, has said trans rights activists are controlled by the devil. And that's kind of how he talks. He's, he's a very kind of that, that, that weird voice. Uh, supported the kill the, the uh, gays bills in bill in uganda and he called for conversion therapy bans uh the spirit of antichrist so uh -huh. last week on a truth and liberty live cast he said homosexuals have like three times as much suicide as heterosexuals and then they go into transgender and it just continues to go up it's a very destructive lifestyle 20 years less than the homosexual lives than a heterosexual and you know cigarettes take an average of seven years off of a person's life so homosexuality is three times worse than smoking uh, we ought to put a label across their forehead this could be dangerous no this could be hazardous to your health oh i didn't want to misquote him uh it's just a spew of nonsense ignorance just ignorance also, like they were talking about, like, it's like that thing where it's like, you're so close. They were talking about the higher suicide rates in our community and attributing it to the lifestyle instead of the persecution of bigots like them. That is why people from our community feel like they don't have a place or hope or connection. Uh, now, you know, I gotta be honest though, the label on the forehead, I'm not totally opposed to. It would help sometimes. <laughs> But here, here was my favorite part of the quote when he said, homosexuals have like three times as much suicide as heterosexuals. And then you go into transgender and it just continues to go up. Uh-huh. <laughs> up. What's that? It just goes up. Uh-huh. Said 20 uh -huh. years less. I appreciated that he thought through this analogy that, that being gay is three times worse for your life expectancy than cigarettes. He was doing some math. But I love that he acts like it's like the butt fucking is what's causing it. No, no, no. The persecution of your weird ass bigots and a culture that's not accepting is what leads to those things. You, you, sir, are the it, issue. It is not analingus. That is not the problem here. The, but the, but the labels on the foreheads, look, sometimes that's helpful. You know, I'm all for acceptance and all of that, but there's some straights that have gotten so accepting and so comfortable. It's like, now look, you need a thing that says not not queer of any kind and that just friendly, you know, save us some time. Because it used to be, if you sort of nodded at somebody, you either got a repulsion or a, like you, uh, the fuck me eyes, but now people so nice and accepting, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah, well, that's true too. You, you, you're like, are they cruising me or? you? Or, or nowadays too, or do they just want attention? You know, all those, all those boys on the Instagram and the TikTok and things that it's like, oh, oh no, oh, no, you just want our attention and our dollars. Got it. Fine. Wait, Leanne, right. said, Leanne said, are there levels of homosexuality? Yes. Kinsey, Kinsey said there were. No, no, no. I mean like amateur, professional, <laughs> only fans teacher, you know, that's, <laughs> It's a scale, it's an experience scale, that's all. <laughs> all right, moving on to another of our favorite bigots who I usually wouldn't bother with, but this one, I don't know, it was so dumb and then it made me laugh. Cancun Cruise, I'm just gonna call him that forever. Uh, so the US Army's put out a new recruiting video, right, in a series, it's called The Calling, with a wide, diverse range of soldiers, people of color, people from immigrant families, one who overcame learning issues, and one of a service member who has two moms. It shows her marching in a parade, attending her mother's wedding, talking about her admiration for strong, adventurous women, which is why she joined the army. Well, Cancun Cruz retreated a TikTok with clips of her video, along with part of a Russian military recruitment propaganda ad showing all male soldiers shave heads doing push-ups. And he said, Perhaps a woke, emasculated military wasn't the best idea. Well, people pointed out real quick that, like, you know, promoting Russian propaganda maybe isn't a great idea, and how insulting it is to the rest of our armed services. 
and they trended it with the hashtag Emasculate Ted, capital T-E-D. And I love it when you, people are real smart with their clapbacks. And then he followed it up saying, we have the greatest military on earth. Don't want to upset them, but damn politicians and woke media are trying to turn them into pansies. Well, everybody got all upset at calling people pansies. Oh, Here's my, I don't know why, like, you know, obviously words like that, emasculating words, people that are acting like you're not a man, it has an impact on our youth. But I'm at the point in my life, the word pansy to me is hysterical. Like, I'm a pansy. Like that's in my list of like words I will happily own because it's definitely applicable. It's just such a like weird, lazy, olden timey pansy. It's a very pretty flower too. Well, that's all I got. You know, like, what's the insult here? I mean, they're lovely. We had pansies in a window garden box growing up. When I was a kid, the third grade teacher at Coggin Elementary in Brownwood was Miss Pansy. And she didn't want to be called her last name. And her she had a sister named Petunia and another sister named Rose. Petunia, Rose, and Pansy. I mean, they're a full flower bed when they die. <laughs> all later, I hope they bury them beside each other and that the, the grandkids say, we're going to go visit the flower bed. Uh, Zana said, I love the band Pansy Division, and Zana, I do too. If y'all haven't heard it, the Pansy Division is this hilarious, like, punk queer band from, I found them, like, early 2000s, but they have a song called, that's, like, a Christmas carol, basically, that's my favorite. I, I haven't sung it anywhere, because the, the lyrics don't quite work for all environments. That's all about sticking candy canes up each other's butts, and it's <laughs> the I want to be a Christmas homo. I want to be a Christmas queer. I want to be a Christmas homo. Have a homo Christmas this year. They're delightful. Look them up. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm sort of sad that you and Blake did not do that on your Christmas show because that would have been hysterical. I know. It requires a very specific audience. And our Christmas show was real tailored for conservatives with lots of money to feel like they could contribute. <laughs> you could have ended it like a coda. Be like, a this. Coda. we're going to, we're going to do an encore for the super gays and, and allies only. And the rest of you sign off. Yes. Brent said, I prefer to be called a gladiola. Gladiola's nice. And you know, there's a lot of them. You could have, you, they could have gone, if there had been more girls in that family, they could have had Daisy. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't, um, just the idea that Ted Cruz is calling anybody a pansy as though he's some bastion of masculinity, traditional. I, I wanted to say to him, you know, I mean, the only thing that I thought good about that propaganda video was those guys were in shape and you need to back away from the trough, Ted Cruz, because you have, you have put on, I mean, let's be honest. You have, you, you pandemic, you, you gained more than the, the 19. All right. Not uh, fooling anybody with that scraggly beard. Yeah, yeah. He's just oh, he's so. I, the, the the word is that Ted Cruz is not only hated by the Democrats, he's hated by all Republicans too. They just pull also, that. That one of his roommates from college on Twitter tweets about him decently often, like somebody he was in college with. Like his. Oh, I would love to follow that person. Go find that. You could find that. I thought you'd enjoy that. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some teachers in Pendleton Heights High School in Indiana. They've ordered to remove pride flags from their classrooms because the flags make a political statement. They keep coming up with this. It's a political statement. Uh, they are the school's French, Spanish, and art teachers. The president of the board, Bill Hutton, emailed parents and staff and said, the issue with displaying the flag in a school is a double-edged sword. If an LGBT plus, uh, Q plus uh, flag is allowed to be displayed, then any other group would have the same ability. That could include such flags as supporting white supremacy, which is a direct conflict with LGBTQ+. And then Chris Paulson, uh, the executive director of the Indiana Youth Group, an LGBT organization, said a student's sexual orientation and gender identity is not political. There are Republicans who are LGBTQ and there are Democrats who are LGBTQ. People who have no political affiliation. Uh, and then student Bryce Axel Adams started an online petition, which I signed today to have the flags put back up. When I checked it earlier, it was uh, even, it was getting closer, I think, to 5,000 signatures. Yes, they're getting there. 
But also that idea that a flag that's about equality means that you're going to have to put up a white supremacy flag. Like, sir, even in the best reading, it means you're a moron. Yeah. Like the most generous reading makes you dumb. And the least generous says that maybe you want to put up a white supremacy flag. What are you doing here? They are not the same. I didn't know they had a flag, honestly. That Confederate one usually works these days. Right, yeah, that sort of crosses a lot of, uh, that just hits all the bigotry all at once. Racism. Checks a lot of boxes. Yes. Uh, Uh, All right, well, just in silly nonsense stories, uh, in North Korea, the official newspaper published a big article concerned about young North Koreans embracing Western fashion trends and said, we must be wary of even the slightest sign of the capitalistic lifestyle and fight to get rid of them. Y'all, in North Korea, they outlined all but 15 non-socialist haircuts. When you go to the barber, you know, like when you went to Fantastic Sam's as a kid and you flipped through the book and said, make that one, there's only 15 choices. That's it. You walk in like you're ordering food and say, can I get the number seven? That's all there is. Uh, they outlawed, they banned spiky and dyed hair and mullet. They've also well, banned nose and good. lip piercings, branded t-shirts, and skinny jeans. Now, y'all, that just sounds like they're trying to ban queer people, very specifically. When you get whip mullets, spiky hair, nose piercings, dye, skinny jeans. But I got to say, the mullets, they were right about the mullets. Although- well, you, know, you know what I realized? It was like they were coming very personally for Troy Savon. He's been rocking this mullet a little more lately been known to wear a skinny jean. I wonder if he felt like it was the I don't even know who that is. Oh, you should go enjoy. Troy Savon is a young pop starlet uh, that came underground from YouTube, but like huge fan base built up out of just internet culture. He had a song called Bloom that was about getting uh, pleasured anally, basically for the first time. Like the chorus is literally, I bloom for you. Like I open my butt for you. And he was just on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under and said, stated very clearly that that song was very specifically about aggressive bareback anal sex. So you might enjoy it. Uh, he also did a duet with Casey Musgraves and oh, sang wow. with her on her Christmas special. Oh. That, that glittery song that Blake and I sang at our Christmas show is Troy Savon and Casey as the original artist. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with it. Um, there's a way. But so if you, like, what I love, though, is North Korea just, like, banning whatever. About, like, pop culture things they don't like. Y'all, if you could ban something, what would you ban? What would you ban? What would you just be like, you know what? I, I could get rid of all of that. Uh, I'd get rid of it. As Summer said, they banned my whole style. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, there's nothing to wear. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Oh, you know what I would ban? Fringe bangs. Like Courtney Cox and Scream Three. Oh, that was a lot. Bangs. Like that. That's not a choice anyone should be allowed to make. I don't care how upset your life is. Don't make that choice. And we should. And we should keep you from being able to do that to yourself and those of us that have to look at it. Yeah, there are some hairstyles, but I have to say, even though I don't love the mullet, I think that it kind of looks ridiculous. One of my favorite voice contestants has a mullet. He's 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 gonna he may win. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, I always remember. That's all I ever think of. Hey, uh, Blake Shelton had a mullet when he first started, when he had the big hit Austin. Also, like, but it's funny that it's like an aggressively country style, right? Like, it's so funny that that hairstyle is so associated with like a specific culture. Is that just because I feel like it came out of like, it feels like they were first done because someone was wearing a hat and they were like, it it doesn't matter in the back, but just cut right along the hat line right here bothers me when i'm fishing i don't know i don't understand it i don't there's some some things that you know we look i look at uh at, at, at some i didn't have a mullet but boy there was a lot of time where you know you had the hair and I, it, it was it's borderline mullet yeah um, all right liette wait we're gonna find out what people wanted oh. to ban leanne said baggy pants brent said he would ban skinny jeans my problem is my chicken legs are so thin that even on me, mine look a little like elephant elephant legs. Skin said, Ken said skinny jeans and legging. Steve said wearing your pants too low. 
Oh, wait. Rob said a man's comb over haircut needs to That's not. That's a good be. one, Rob. I kind of agree with that. That's it. You are not fooling anybody. Um, and it just seems like a lot of effort to get those couple of strands over to the other side and hang there all day long. I call them swoop dudes. A swoop dude. Yes, that's a, that's a much better pitch anyway. All right. All right. Well, you know, we're going to talk about uh, our alma mater, Baylor University. Robert Jeffries is a pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas. He's a, a, a Trump Seeker fan and a Baylor alum. On the Todd Starnes radio show, he said, I don't think any Christian... A uh, true Christian parent uh, wants their kids to have a Christian education would allow their kid or their child anywhere near Baylor University. Now, here's what's interesting. He is a Baylor alum. I just said that. It's a, and he's, but he's angry. He's angry. Uh, the possibility of university-sanctioned LGBTQ organization. He continues saying what this really is, is a fraternity for LGBTQ students. At least he got the letters right. The fact is they thought a support group might give the impression that they were trying to help these students. If they were really trying to lead these students out of homosexuality and out of gender confusion, that would be a good thing. But what they're really going to do is affirm their right to engage in that kind of ungodly behavior. Then he continued. He just continued. But being filled with Christians uh, doesn't make you a Christian university. It is your viewpoint and what you teach. I say either go to a distinctively Christian university or go to a completely secular university and get a better rate at, for doing it. At the same time now, student uh, Jake Pickler is a queer Baylor student, has uh, joined the REAP lawsuit that we talked about on this show and uh, had... Uh, as our guest recently, the the uh, lawyer who is putting all that together, he says because he says because Baylor has made their LGBTQ plus students feel like they are less than and undesirable. I am tired of seeing my friends hurt by the way their school treats them. I want to help change the way our universities treat their LGBTQ students. So two very opposing views, you know that they uh, pastor uh, pastor uh, Robert Jeffries, Doctor Robert Jeffries. He's a doctor. I, first of all, I cannot stand him. But also, I thought it, this represents, right, so much the painful journey of progress, right? Because this bigot conservative who was fully in the Trump camp, who also said, if your Christian university isn't super Christian, just go somewhere fully secular and get a good deal. And get a you better rate. Get a better rate. Like, like, to him, the worst is affirming in the middle. And he basically said, now, if it were a conversion therapy club, that would be fine. Like he's like, but this is a supportive LGBT, basically a gay frat, and we can't have that. Made him a poet. Well, there's uh, a, there was an article that my good friend Patrick sent me, and I, I actually shared with my brother today. And uh, it's Southern Baptist has declined uh, two million members since 2006. And in the that what they said is Southern Baptists long known for denominational infighting have had several high-profile departures of leaders. Uh, including Beth Moore, Russell Moore, and uh, many black pastors. And the Southern Baptist Convention faced a controversy over abuse and uh, also because of the support of Donald Trump. People are fleeing. They said, enough. We don't want to be Southern Baptists anymore. Well, I'm going to cheer on this progress of Baylor slowly and painfully because it's, it's upsetting the bigots and Baylor's moving in the right direction. There you go. Um, but and also, and good for, you know, it's like I... That reap lawsuit, it's so amazing and so important. And I love that Jake is doing it while he's there. Uh, and we've reached the halfway house of our show. If you enjoy what we do here on the Dell and Emerson show, and you're sitting on a pile of cash or a few extra dollars, you just cannot figure out where to send. Well, you could send it to us as a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Thank you to Leanne, who already contributed at the start of the show. Even after our long conversation about like money requests last week, nobody asked for their tip back. So I feel like we're doing okay. Good, 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 good. And I, I had a little exchange with Leanne today and uh, she may come to see my show in private town and tickets went on sale today, but I will announce that on Friday. Um, so it's all good. The exciting news. And also y'all, we really do appreciate the people who do tip because like doing this twice a week, I'm not going to lie, it's a good bit of work and lots of shows that do more than one in a week. The second one is on a Patreon that you have to pay to join. 
So we do this because we know not everyone can afford. So those of you that can and continue, it is very meaningful in my personal pocketbook. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, and Bradford just came in under the wire. And 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 I just want, as I always say, Emerson does a lot more work on this show than I do. And I thank you, Emerson. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Uh, Sunday night was incredibly frustrating, for, specifically for the trans community and people supporting them. 60 Minutes did a 14-minute story on trans people. They started out talking about the Arkansas ban on trans minors getting affirming care. They did note that major medical associations have come out against such legislation, but it didn't get into why trans people face challenges with healthcare for employment reasons or transphobia from doctors and health professionals. Instead, they spent the majority of the piece talking to four people who regretted going through their transition who had surgery as adults, detransitioners, right? And then health profession, two health professionals concerned on their side of the story. Uh, it did also include Dr. Lee Savio Beers, president of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which opposes all of these bills and said clearly, these are not experimental treatments. They were really based in scientific literature. They're based on decades and decades of expert experience and they're backed by a number of major medical organizations. HRC president, Alfonso David, also appeared briefly and had a lot more in online clips. But the whole segment's been destroyed by a number of organizations and trans activists and people who are focusing so much attention on detransitioners, while so many states right now are focused on bigoted legislation targeting healthcare access that is overwhelmingly supported by medical organizations. Not that it's not valid, the journey of these adults who made the decision to transition, have surgery, and then change their minds. Nobody's saying detransitioners don't exist, but by giving them that much time, it disproportionately makes people perceive that that's the biggest problem, as opposed to the vast majority of trans people who need equal rights, equal access to healthcare. Um, so in attempting to both sides it, they made it seem as though those things were equal and they are not in any way. Yeah, it was, I think it was, I, I, I just felt, found it very poor journalism, you know, because well, you know, I could, it was interesting because like, yes, but I could also see where they thought, oh, but this one line about this will counter. And this one line will say most all major medical organizations support affirming gender care. Um, but to give that much time to these four people who made these decisions as adults to do this and then change their minds, their stories are real, but they are not currently more important or even equally of a concern in our culture for trans people as the access to healthcare and the over 200 bills that we've talked about so many of on the show. So by presenting it equally, it was a disservice to the community. Absolutely, but in some, let's go to some good news, y'all. Uh, we have two gay dads that have created first of its kind children's picture book that represents their own experiences in raising children. I just love this. It's called My Daddies. It's written by Gareth Peter uh, and uh, his experience adopting two kids with his partner. And it's illustrated by Gary Parsons, who is also gay and the artist behind The Dinosaur That Pooped. Uh, oh, just for a second, The Dinosaur Who Pooped. Like all the dinosaurs pooped, but I love that's how we're learning about it is from this one. This one, The Dinosaur That Pooped. Oh. You know. uh, so, so Peter was inspired to write because he said, when our first boy came to live with us, I felt there was a complete lack of picture books with LGBTQ plus families in them, ones that included families like ours. I think it's essential uh, for children that are they are able to see themselves represented in books. When a child of a blended or LGBTQ family sees our book, I hope they will see themselves. But when a child from another dynamic sees it, I hope that they will accept the families that and they, they come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, it's the first picture book about two gay dads with a gay writer and an illustrator. And I ordered it today. Uh, I'm taking it to 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 my my cute little twins. Uh, they love me um, bringing them books. And and and, and here's I want to give some advice to somebody to all of you when you give books to children. Always give them to the parents first to make sure that the parents are okay. You can't just hand a book to a, a kid. Make sure that the parents, you don't know how they're parenting. And that's what I always do with my buddies, Patrick and Kevin. I always, I buy them books and then I say, but I, I say, look at them first. And then when I get there, we're going to read them. Yes. I love that. And I love that they like, we're both gay dads. Like, then that's the first time, like, it's just so lovely. Like, and I loved what he said about it's for their kids 
but also so that other kids yeah. of like just nor uh, not nor you know what I mean, of opposite sex couples not to imply that same sex parents aren't normal of opposite sex couples also would find a book like this to see other kinds of families represented like just as much a learning tool not just for the kids who want their story seen but for their friends to be like oh right you see it and stuff it just becomes normalized as a part of how the world works yes oh Erica always said there's a sequel, Adventures with My Daddies. Okay, oh, now see, you can't just tell me the title of that book because I think of a whole other very adult kind of so picture book that I would read. Uh-huh. Adventures with Daddies, The sl Summer of Slut. Sounds like something on Pornhub to me. Um, <laughs> um, all right, and just in uh, fun, silly news, Drag Race Superstar, All-Stars winner, uh, and like, actual mogul of culture now, Trixie Mattel, has gone out and bought herself an old motel in Palm Springs. So she and her boyfriend, David, are gonna renovate it into a drag dream paradise. And I'd already heard that around town, but they're doing it for an eight episode series on Discovery Plus coming next year. I mean, it's so funny, like once you reach a certain level of money, then you can just go pitch people and say, hey, if I bought this motel, would y'all want to make a show about it while I renovate it? Because then you know you've got money coming in and you can use that for the renovation. She's got a makeup line. She has that Trixie and Conscious show. She's had three different albums. She said, with help from my most famous celebrity friends, we're going to create the glossiest drag motel of your wildest fever dreams. She did also have to follow it up later with this is not a joke because she's always joking and people are like, oh my God, I said, it just seemed like a great sequel to Hostel could be filmed there. Well, that reminds no. me, did you see, Willem did an episode of House Hunters where he bought the house he has in Palm Springs. He dragged it up and now you can Airbnb Willem's Palm Springs house, his big old like drag queen Mecca. Awesome. I'll see your house and raise you a motel. Good for them, entrepreneurial drag queen. I will get you, are you kidding? Like this is just made for me. It's like she said, what can I make for Emerson? That motel could be so cheap and everything plastic and you tell me that it's a drag queen motel. You bet I'll be staying there as soon as reservation. You're just hoping you'll round the corner and see Latrice Royale. Well, that's what they ought to do. I mean, I'm, I want them to plan entertainment, have patio drag shows on the weekends, get special guest stars that are staying for the weekend. And you know, if you could book Latrice's weekend, they could sell every room for so much money. Oh, yeah. I wonder how big it is. I'll let you know. So I love it. All right. I love it. Well, uh, here a while back, as we say in the well, back now. here a while back, we showed you Kellogg's Together with Pride with rainbow-colored cereal hearts covered in edible glitter. Well, the bigots are pissed. Of course. Uh, the second vote that claims to be a <laughs> We are a conservative watchdog for corporate activism has the headline, Kellogg's is funding attacks on free speech issue First Amendment. They say that instead of buying food coloring soaked hearts coated with glitter, consider a healthier offering from a different brand that serves its customers instead of bowing to the far left activists. Now the Ruth Institute, which is anti LGBT group said, not only are they pushing the LGBTQ agenda, they're directly subsidizing it. Apologies to Tony the tiger, but great. It's not. Uh, then the Catholics came in and they waited. <laughs> they said a group of America, their group is the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, uh, Family and Property. <laughs> Tradition, I'm so sorry, I get tickled. The, the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family and Property. <laughs> they started a petition claiming pro-homosexual agenda is rearing its ugly head in your children's cereal uh, and calling the cereal sickening and perverted. Uh, now let's, let's remember that Kellogg is donating $3 of the $3.99 price to GLAD if customers upload their receipt to their website. Yeah, so, a reminder on that, it's one of the best, like 75% goes to GLAD, but you have to upload your receipt. So the purchase is not enough. I enjoyed the apologies to the Tony the Tiger, but great, it's not. I was like, somebody over there, somebody over there with the dad joke did that. But like, that is so much energy for cereal. Oh, it is. It's so much.
like y'all, I mean, that Lucky Char like Lucky Charms already seem kind of gay anyway. Like this isn't this is just a little extra glitter on some hearts. Um, what about Fruit Loops? Also, bless their hearts that they didn't know when you say it's sickening and perverted. Sickening is a real nice compliment in our community these days. So they are just all. I mean, it's cereal, y'all. Like it's not. No one's learned about butt sex over Fruit Loops. They need better names for their organizations, though. I mean, that long American Society for Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. And property. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't forget and property. Put property in there. It does not have enough vowels for the acronym to be anything. No, no. What does that become? It becomes the S. <laughs> 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 that just does not work. If people have six letters, it's got to make a word we can say, like one of those made up, you know, medicine names. Valtrex. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of side effects. Side effects can include. Um, the edible glitter. Wait, hold on. What did somebody said? Uh, Rich said, special K, really gay. I mean, there's already so many kind of gay. That Toucan Sam was definitely at the like gay mascot meetings, I feel like. Zana said, edible glitter. You can't get rid of that stuff. Imagine the colonoscopy. I'd rather not. <laughs> no. It's real sparkly. Oh, can you imagine trying to explain that to your doctor? Well, here to have my pooch shoot checked. I pay no attention to the glitter. I had some cereal. <laughs> right before I went to Pride. Oh, but oh, my, our dear friend Scott Nevins always says, well, I shit glitter. Eat this cereal and you will. There you go. It is no longer a metaphor. Uh-uh, Brent, honeycomb hideout. Bless their hearts. Like, I just think it's gotta be exhausting. Like to be a bigot anymore takes so much work. I mean, to get upset at cereal, can you imagine? My anxiety would just not be able to handle that. I'm surprised that the 100,000 moms didn't come after them. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I figure they're on the way. Rob and several people commented, snaps, crackle, and pop. At least one of those three. If well, not you know, more. Snap is Snap is totally gay. I feel like Crackle is in there too, and Pop. You know, it happens sometimes where every kid in a family is the homosexual. Maybe that's one. Yeah, I see it. Three brothers. There you go, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Well, continuing our Rainbow Capitalism Pride merch discussion on this week's episode, I would like to show you because it's sort of hilarious. Um. Oh no. Oh no. Uh-oh, uh-oh, technical uh, problems. No, I get rid of the tabs as we go, so I don't have like 74 tabs, but I deleted this one early, so it's coming. Teletubbies is releasing Pride merch this year. Um, very 90s themed, like little fanny packs, and <laughs> there you go. Fanny packs and masks and a zip sling bag, a reversible bucket hat, knee-high socks. The company that owns Teletubbies said, the Teletubbies have always embraced their own offbeat quirkiness and sense of style. We're celebrating that love who you are spirit through our collection of ready to rave fashion. Someone was real proud of that. That makes Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Lala, and Poe very proud. Now, a portion of proceeds go to support Glad. I couldn't find out the percentage, and I think that's important, y'all. If somebody's just given $10,000 that they could give anyway, that is not merch you need to go out and buy to support our community. But this was worth it because these masks, you can get two for like $12. But this custom print Teletubby suit that you see over here, y'all, that is a $5,000 Teletubby suit. Wow. I don't know who loves Teletubbies that much, but that seems like a lot when you could just like screen print that yourself. A $5,000 suit, I don't know if I could do that. You remember in the 90s, though, when oh. Jerry Falwell got all mad at the Teletubbies saying they were promoting homosexuality and accused Tanky Winky, that purple one, I believe. Yeah, because he was carrying a purse. Yes. It, Tanky was, Winky and that purse was a big old scandal. But I got to tell you, my daughters love Tinky Winky. And we, um, we had Teletubby backpacks, and I believe we had a Tinky Winky backpack. Well, like... And good for Tinky Winky. He, they can finally join proudly. I think it's funny, though, that that happened in the 90s, and this is one of their first collections. They're finally like, okay, fine. This is nostalgia merch anyway uh, for people in their late 20s. 
That's all. Tanky wanky. But so, oh, but I do want to say, don't forget, do check. When you buy Pride merch, see where the money is going. Find out if they're making a, don a flat donation. And if it's big enough, great, buy it. I mean, buy whatever you like. But if you're looking specifically to support uh, companies that are supporting our community and our organization specifically, check where the money's going, how much it is. Because 10% is some bullshit. Yes, it is. All right, y'all. Y'all been Hi. waiting for this story. You've been waiting for this story. But it's, it happened in Russia. A woman named Tatyana was convicted of death by negligence after strangling her husband to death with her butt. Uh, Tatyana and her husband Adar had been drinking. Um, and they'd been drinking and uh, got into a fight. Adar's daughter came to see him pinned to the bed under Tatyana and ran to get help from the neighbors. He apparently begged for forgiveness, but uh, the neighbor did arrive, but it was a little too late because uh, they, well, they were still arguing and uh, and the neighbor left. Not my business, not my business. That's my favorite, like that the neighbor was like, oh, no, no, no. Uh -oh, no, no not my business. Not interested. Not my business. This is not my problem. Carry on sitting on him. Uh, so Tatjana uh, said she only wanted to calm him down. But when he stopped showing signs of life, I should not be laughing at this. Uh, the accused frightened. Now he can't hear you. Okay. The accused frightened, shook him and shouted at him to wake up. He did not. Uh, the medical report said he died from asphyxia from blocking the respiratory system as his face was wedged into the mattress. Tatiana sat, sat on his neck using her legs so he could not lift it. Now the investigation committee is calling for new murder charge against her. Oh, I'm sorry, Tatiana, sending thoughts and prayers. Well, like also you sit on my face. You gotta be careful. You know, there's a, a load bearing limit. You just gotta be honest about where you are in life before you put your full weight onto somebody. Just sat down on his head. On his head. Hold on, and here, now they have sat, they have both sat on each other. There's photo evidence. It went both ways. So here they are. Uh, this is our couple, but look, he's sitting in her lap. She's sipping in his lap. It is, you know, something that they could accomplish. Uh, but that, that, having one of those drunken fights, do you ever do that? We used to do that to each other as kids. I remember like you sit on like your brother and like hold their arms between your legs and then they're just stuck. You, you could have killed one of your brothers. I have never weighed enough. You know, age. If the, that those pictures that you just showed, I would, I, if I were, you know, writing and, and, and putting this in a magazine, I would put in happier times. <laughs> Not in happier times. Like, <laughs> they looked so happy. But also, like, let's go through the plot again for a moment. So he is face down on the mattress because they said smothered in, in the mattress, not face up. He didn't die between her butt cheeks. He died face in the mattress. So that means that the daughter came in. She was sitting on top of him. And I'm picturing her face in a way like reverse cowgirl looking at the door like on him. Just, you know, like back to the wall, like his head's right beneath her. What did the, What was the conversation? And like then the neighbor came in and also she is sitting on this man and the neighbor went, and she went, oh, hey, hon, you need some sugar? What'd you stop by? Uh, it's right next to the flower in the kitchen. No, it's fine. I just, he needs to calm down. He's drunk. Like what? She said, here's what she said. I only know, I only know this in, in Russian. Um, she said, mama, stop it. She said that in Russian. And she said, Kachortu. That means oh, oh, good. Look at you. I'm like Dasvidanya over here. Um, <laughs> But where it, I didn't see where specifically in Russia, but whatever part of Russia is Florida, that's clearly where this happened. Okay. I don't know what that would be. All right. Well, what, what the equivalent, but bless. I mean, yes, it is sad and tragic, but he, he can't hear you. So the circumstances were just, I mean, that is so awkward. Like when you, you know, and that the police were like, uh, uh, that's not enough. We need to charge her for more. Like they finished all this and said, uh, uh, keep going. Sounds like something Lolita would do to GW. <laughs> Sit up. Like it would happen in yours. I mean, it would definitely had he passed out a little bit and then Lolita would be panicking. I can just see her slapping him on the face going, wake up, wake up. Hey, hey. He like, didn't like my burrito sausage casserole. Now look, you don't have to eat my food. Um, And then uh, this next one. Okay. 
y'all have heard about, right? This brood X, the cicadas that they've been living underground and it is year 17 and they are coming back up this summer. Like 15 states are supposed to be flooded with them. Well, well, what? They made for seven for they made for four to six weeks, then drop dead. That's it. So they wait 17 years, get up, have sex, die. Well, Vice has done this big report on the U.S. cicadas that they are infected by fungal amphetamines that drive them to engage in sex crazed mating orgies. Now it just sounds like these cicadas are coming up for the right summer because it feels like everybody coming out of lockdown is about to do the same. People's Instagrams from like the gay tea parties already look like the cicadas on the amphetamines having ready for the orgies. It is a yellow white fungus, Massospora cicadina, cicadina. It grows in the insect's body. It boosts their sex drives and their stamina to the point of mania, but it also makes their genitals fall off. That's a different Y'all, these cicadas get amped up on speed, ready to have all the sex, and then their dicks fall off. I mean, I assume it's just the dicks because like a vagina can't really fall off. So they can't mate, but they do spread the spores as they walk and fly, earning them the nickname, the flying salt shakers of death. Now this fungus is laced with psilocybin. It's the same chemical that mushrooms, magic mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms produce. And it's also capable of producing bath salts. Remember in Florida when they were eating people for a while? Yes. And it makes some cicadas want to mate more than usual. It is not uncommon for people to eat these fungus-filled cicadas for mind-altering experiences. So oh, this summer of castrated sex-crazed zombies high on mushrooms and some stupid, stupid people eating those sex-crazed cicadas to get high. Don't do that. No, because you did not fall off. I know, well, because that's what I kept thinking. I was like, no, wait, if this, if this spore in the cicada makes your dick fall off, but you want to have sex. It sounds like those drugs you do where it's like you did it and you're really horny and you can't come. If you eat this cicada full of the magic mushroom type spores, will it make a people dick fall off? I would say don't risk it. Can you imagine being in a club and somebody just offering you a cicada? You want to do a cicada? Hey, hey, you got the money? I got the cicadas. I I cannot. I don't want to indulge in the cicada. Driving off to Joshua Tree in the desert and be like, no, we're going to do some cicadas. No, thank you. Have your dick fall off. All right. Well, finally, a, a sweet story. Elliot Page showed off his summer body on Instagram and his first shirtless pic since coming out in December. He posted it saying trans BB's first swim trunks. Okay. And there we go. This reveal, Elliot, like... It's so representative, like one, it's amazing that he feels happy and proud and he's excited in his body and he's clearly been working really hard on it. But I have a bone to pick with Elliot and so many people that were like, oh, I sat on the couch, I didn't do anything in the pandemic, I haven't accomplished. The number of people who lied and were working the fuck out every day, who are revealing these summer bodies for the cicada summer of mushroom sex, but just, oh, oh, the S. Yes. When I say I hadn't been to the gym the entire pandemic, I mean it. Some people lie. Well, I have not been to the gym, but I have been on my spinning bike and I've been, um, you know, up on the hills hiking. But you were at least honest about it. I feel like, have you not seen, it feels like so many people are doing like surprise reveals. They're like, oh, what, this? Like, good for y'all. But I thought we had all agreed that most of us were staying home and just, you know, sitting on the couch. Well, I went and visited our friends, Matt and Mariah the other day, and they both have crazy bodies right now. They've worked out like crazy during the pandemic. So I guess there are, there are some that did and some that didn't. Well, I hadn't. You and Ted Cruz did not. We did not. I was on the same diet. I did not make it to Mexico, but I'm ready. <laughs> Danielle said, it. I haven't been to the gym since before I was born. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, well, we've reached the ending-ish point of the show. Thank you to those of you who choose to tip. Thank you to Dennis, who also contributed. If you waited till the end of the show and are happy uh, with what we have done here and want to support it financially, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Either one works. We're grateful for any contribution. Yes, we are. And thank you for tuning in today. We had fun as we always do.
Yes, and we have more people. We're up at like 60 for the whole show today. Thank you for tuning in. You know, the reason we do it live instead of just recording it like a podcast like so many people do is because we love being able to inter engage with you all. We live and <laughs> I need that applause. I need that. Uh, but we really do. That we rush, that we need that rush. Um, um, but we're also very grateful to the subscribers who can't join us live, who have made uh, the podcast numbers seem worth the effort I put in to making it available there for you all you as did. well. All that effort. Uh, all, all right, y'all. We will see you on Friday. Thanks. Enjoy for the rest of your week. Yeah, absolutely.